Inescapably foreign. Foreign. Welcome to Without Borders. If this is your first time tuning in, remember this is the podcast for nomads, expats, immigrants, third culture children, or anyone else that feels inescapably foreign. I'm your host, Nolan Yuma. And remember, if you are an English learner, you can access the transcript at withoutborders.fyi. We also discuss language there. And today I'm here with Silvio Ivicic. Ivicic, right? Yeah, yeah, correctly. Uh, all right. So Silvio, he's a cameraman at the VRT, VRT. And Silvio is my cousin's husband. So we're used to speaking in Flemish together with maybe a little bit of a mix of English. But today we're going to flip it. <laughs> we're going to speak in English so that it's accessible to a wider audience. But keep in mind that Silvio has to translate from Croatian to Dutch to English, he explained to me. That's kind of yeah. how it happens in his mind. Yeah, is that, is that so? Yeah, yeah, indeed, indeed. And uh, sometimes it takes a bit longer for uh, for people uh, to, 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 yeah. And people have to have patience sometimes with me because indeed I have to, I try to use as much as uh, words as I can, but... Uh, Sometimes it gets a bit too complicated in my head. And as we were talking about before, um, we can always use a Flemish word and then describe it. For instance, um, kizeli is a word that you can't translate into English. Uh, well, how could you describe the word kizeli? Uh, 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 cozy? But yeah. still, it's not only cozy. It's more like the feeling you have, like when you're happy and in cozy situation. That is, yeah, it's a feeling, you know, like. But like a room can be cozy, but and same same as a room can be kizelic, but because people can also be kizelic. It's more yeah, people in the room. That's right. I mean, like for me, it's it's the word that describes a feeling that you have. Yeah. Something is. Uh, I feel it, kizelic. I, f I feel it cozy, I feel it uh, comfortable, I feel relaxed, I feel uh, uh, happy. That is like like this this mixture of really positive positive feelings uh, that you have. Uh, yeah. And Silvio, do you have any words in Croatian that you feel like you just can't really translate into English or into Flemish? Uh, oh. Not Nothing comes directly into my mind now. Okay. Um, or expressions or idioms that you really love? Yeah, well, sometimes I say like a weird uh, uh, expressions, like, ha, huh, it's like this and that, and then people look at me, uh, what do you mean? You know, like, uh, um, but most of the, the, the expressions are quite uh, universal, as I found out. Oh, okay, like, uh, yeah, which? Like, uh, um, you say creation um, far from the heart, it's far from the eyes of, of the other way around. Meaning like, uh, uh, yeah, if you don't see someone, you will probably love him less and less with time. Something like that. Do you have any, uh, I think it's quite universal, no? Yeah. And in Dutch, it's also like, uh, um, uh, uh, what it's called. Yeah, something like Werf van Hart, Werf van Oven. Ah, okay. Mm -hmm. 
to me, it rings a stronger bell in Flemish. I think I've heard it more in Flemish than in English. Oh, okay. There's another one in Croatian, and it translates as the cat will come to the tiny door. Uh, now, I don't speak Croatian, so I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's something like doce macha na vratancha. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. Is that correct? Uh, yeah, 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 indeed, I mean, did you know it? Yeah, it's like indeed a funny one, like meaning uh, eventually the cat will come. Just yeah. <laughs> because it's nature of the cat. <laughs> it will come to the dining door. And uh, yeah, some things are inevitable, in inevitable, you know? Like, I think uh, in English we translate like it will come back to haunt you. Ah. Uh, nah, let's not see. No. <laughs> okay, how, how is it different? Yeah, it's more like uh, uh, it will come back to now. Like it's more like uh, um, just wait. Uh, yeah, home back to home. No, it's more like just wait, and the situation that you probably expect will happen because it's in the nature of the situation. It's in the nature of these people <laughs> that they will eventually like do the thing that it's uh, uh, you expected. It's more like a self-propelling, self-propelling. Yeah. prophecy thing is it also kind of like we're doomed to repeat ourselves yeah something like that uh okay yeah 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 but it's also like something that you say when it happens you know like ah look told you so or something ah. like that <laughs> yeah that's uh, the nature of the cat and my cat is not standing in front of my door but uh it will have to <laughs> wait a bit now sorry are you a cat guy or a dog guy? Uh, funny, I got the same question uh, yesterday from my daughter. And uh, I'm just an animal guy. I lo I had cats, I had dogs, and uh, I love them both. It's like, I don't know, I c it's hard for me to choose. It's like choosing your favorite child. <laughs> it's impossible. Now, Croatia is famous for Dalmatians. Would you ever get a Dalmatian? No, and it's another like uh, funny thing. Uh, uh, we don't have any. We don't have a lot of Dalmatian dogs in Croatia. I don't know where the name comes from. I don't think that they even come from Croatia. Just oh, got that name. I read something like that. I thought that they did. Um, but maybe I'm mistaken. You would but, expect that the whole coast is full of Dalmatians, but but you've uh, heard this yeah. as well, right? That people yeah. associate Dalmatians with yeah. yeah. Because it's in the name, but uh, it doesn't have to do with much with uh, as a dog breed coming from Croatia. We have some other dog breeds like Croatian Shepherd and Croatian hunting dog, something like that. But uh, Dalmatians are like maybe they come from Hollywood. I don't know. <laughs> they come from Croatia. Okay. Yeah. Well, Silvio, let's get a little bit into your story. Um, so you worked for the. In English, we say VRT, which sounds really weird for me to yeah. say. It's VRT. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that is the Flemish radio and television. Flamse radio and television. Yes, yes. And uh, yeah, it's um, like a national uh, TV uh, house, but uh, it's more like a regional TV house because, as you know, but I don't know if everybody knows, Belgium is divided into two uh countries and ha it has seven parliaments i think seven seven uh, uh governments 
and uh, and this. But let's skip it to the first division. It's just like uh, um, you have like Flemish part, politically, and uh, Wallonian part, and, um, and so each of these countries has its own language. That is D uh, Dutch and the Nordal. Oh, when I said seven parliaments, you meant like the seven the seven provinces or the seven districts? No. Oh no. What? Uh, oh, I don't, it will get more complicated. I just wanted to say like the Flemish okay. TV is like Flemish speaking part, the northern part. That's where the their viewers and listeners are, and that's the house that I work for. But uh, to get more complicated, you have like in Belgium, you have like um, Flemish government, like this geographically Flemish. You have the Wallonian government, geographically Wallonian. You have the Brussels government, which is the city of Brussels. Ah, like this. And then you have like these speaking uh, uh, groups, like the Dutch government. Dutch speaking government, you have the uh, French francophone, francophone uh, speaking uh, government, and you have the Dutch speaking government, which is geographically in the uh, in, uh, Wallonian, but it's another ethnical and uh, language group, so they have mm -hmm. their own government. And they have another government at top of everybody, the federal government. So it's number seven, I think. I think it count correctly. <laughs> okay. But, so uh, yeah, it's it's not still clear to me. Now, even though BRT is a national news channel, it is geared towards the Vlaamse, the Flemings. Yeah, right. And when I was reading about it in English, it says like their tasks, their goals: impartial news and information, culture, education, entertainment, sports, and then the last one, Flemish identity. How would you describe Flemish oh, identity? It's, yeah, it's like more. Uh, oh. I don't know, quest for their uh, self-identity indeed, trying to find the things that separate them from other people around them. But uh, sometimes it gets really like absurd down to like uh, choosing the, the national dishes. Like that is something that identifies you. Like, yeah, like uh, meatballs and tomato sauce. <laughs> oh, but I got some tomato sauce. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Like, yeah, Balakis. Balakis. Like, we're Antwerp. And things like that. Yeah, Balakis. And, uh, and uh, I don't know, like, it's uh, like they have to promote in uh, Flemish identity to preserve it. Uh, like, it's some, some uh, like, old book that has to be preserved because the identity is changing every day, every second. And uh, because identity is like something you have. Uh, and it's built from uh, your interaction with your surroundings. And if your surroundings change, then I guess your identity changes. And it's absurd to keep it like some old book and it cannot be touched and it has to be shown around like... Oh. It's really... Interesting. Not, yeah, I don't... I cannot really uh, um, totally comprehend this, this quest for preserving the identity like something old yeah. cannot be changed and it has to... You know, like, so saved. At VRT, VFD, do they try to uh, preserve this this idea of Flemish identity? Well, or are the they government exploring the, the way yeah, it's changing? Government uh, thinks that we are not doing good enough job, but they don't give any uh, clear uh, directions how we have to do it because it's. I still think it's like a, a mission. In possible and you know like uh yeah and um 
Yeah, I, I, I find it sometimes difficult uh, to to accept and to to comprehend this this uh, need to to different yourself from the from your southern neighbors or from everybody around. And yeah. think on that uh, specific, uh, you know, front instead of uh, doing more uh, to to connect with our fellow neighbors. I mean, like we're in the same country, you know. Like, and there is none, none, uh, uh, none of nobody is trying to connect more with our uh, Wallonian uh, Landgenote, <laughs> mm -hmm. people from uh, the same land, Landgenote countrymen. Countrymen, you know, like yeah. uh, in, in schools, they start learning French only in uh, fifth grade. Right, absurd, you know, like um, in Croatia, we started learning English in my third or fourth grade. Yeah. Like country that is thousands of miles away and they are like postponing it so long. And uh, I find it really funny. And, and, and then you started talking about the VRT, you know, like uh, before it was like BRT, Belgian Radio Television. And when it's built, it was like built like one huge building. Really? I, mean, I didn't know that. So it used to be called BRT. BRT, yeah. And it was one, it's still, still one building, one big building. Yeah. There's the corridor in the middle. It's like the border. Left side is like the Flemish TV. And the right side is the, the RTBF now. Uh, uh, francophone uh, television and so we work together but there is like zero connection zero communication and zero uh, you know like uh, interaction now I don't know enough about this but this this doesn't sound you know like up here <laughs> and I crossed I walked down the corridor I go to my right side I've never been to the left side of the building like I don't have it's absurd, you know, and uh, you would think like in, in both of the 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 the, the uh, you know like on both of the everybody has like three TV stations, like three, three TV channels, or two, mm -hmm. and uh, you would expect that there is some like exchange of of shows between those programs. Like, look, our neighbors are doing oh, look at the look, yeah, and us, or like make some shows when the people from both sides like takes something together nothing yeah that i don't know about that and it's also yeah. find it interesting because when you look at these tasks or these goals from the vrt and then they say we want to preserve flemish identity but then also have impartial news how do you have impartial news while preserving an old identity is is there a way to do that, or do you think those kind of conflict in a way? Oh, I didn't see that. Uh, uh, I, I I don't think it's it's conflicting that much, but it's still like, uh, uh, um, yeah, it's like uh, missing missing a part of it. Uh, okay, of course, if something like big happens. Mm -hmm. In the Wallonian Park, they will uh, uh, they will report about it, and and uh, and if something happens in in Brussels, which is again like an island in and and uh, island in island in in this uh, in Flemish part, uh, in Brussels is like multi-language. People speak French, um, Dutch, and 
I guess all the other languages of the world in the same city. Yeah. Because it's a European uh, capital as well. Uh, when th things happen then, they, they report, but, uh, but of course, uh, uh, politicians mostly come uh, uh, on Flemish TV, the Flemish politicians, and they have to say something about the uh, um, situation in Flemish part. Again, like you have like this double uh, life. Yeah. You have like Flemish politicians, which only act in the Flemish parliament, and you have like the Flemish politicians that work in federal parliament uh sometimes it's like totally opposite uh governments you know like have like right-wing government in one part and the left-wing government in the mm -hmm. other part now to touch on that like that someone told me something interest well what i found it interesting uh about belgian identity and also just flemish identity and then we expanded on european identity um so me i haven't been in belgium for a long time i haven't lived there since no. i was a child so i don't really think i have a right to talk about politics in a very specific way mm -hmm. um, but when someone tells me that they feel very flemish right and they support <laughs> then i always associate that with a little bit more of a right-wing government and maybe even more of like a separatist feeling um like when someone tells me yeah. very flemish i kind yeah. of immediately have this association okay maybe you don't care as much about different cultures but what's interesting about this is that um i was talking to someone and i asked do you feel belgian and he said no i feel more flemish and then i thought oi he's one of those but then he mentioned to be honest actually i feel european and then i was like ah that's interesting and it was the first time that I heard someone have a separatist view, but more in a European sense. Like his opinion was that instead of having Belgium or instead of having Spain, it should all be broken up into the little segments, but as a European whole, almost like the United States, right? The United Yeah, yeah, yeah. Era. yeah. I what do you think about that? Well, uh, that kind of uh, view... Uh, yeah, has a lot of uh, similarities with my ideas, indeed. Uh, okay. Because yeah, it's, in, it's indeed like this. Bel Belgium is uh, it's a weird uh, uh, construction. It's more like based on a uh, historical and political importance from 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 around us than from the needs from the people from here itself. Do you know like to form one country together because we are like brothers to each other. And uh, again, this is I'm not born here. I'm like a newcomer, new newcomer. Yeah. Uh, it's maybe I'm not the best person to talk about it, but I still have a feeling that it's 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 like, yeah, it's like that here. You know, like Belgium was made from from outside. It didn't come from the need of the people here, like, you know, to 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 have a family together. Definitely. Well, the more I travel around <laughs> Europe, it's like that everywhere in in Europe, right? You really yeah. have these, these they were kind of stems from these old kingdoms and they still yeah. separate. Yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Yeah, a lot of, uh, I mean, in Croatia, easier if you're like in a country where it's easy, where it's like all the people speak one language and the neighbors don't. <laughs> in su such situations, it's like easier to, you know, like to, to, to draw the lines and to, to, uh, 
and to uh, uh, to give them like uh, um, a reason to 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 exist this country. But uh, a lot of situations, it's in it's indeed like you have like uh, districts, you have regions where people from northern region don't understand really the certain uh, fellow countrymen because the dialects are so different. You know, like impact from different cultures in Croatia as well. Like you have like this Mediterranean culture on the south, you have this, this northern Austrian culture on the north, you have on this east side, you have this, this Turk Ottomanic influences that you can see in in a specific cultural influences, the, the gastronomic, uh, religious influences, like, you know, it's totally different. It's like three countries in one. And in Croatia, it's also complicated with the language because Croatia, Croatian has been written in three different alphabets over time, right? The uh, uh, Creolic and then Latin, right? Now, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And then, and and then we had even our own alphabet once uh, in the beginning. So this, uh, the was like tenth uh, century, with the spreading of the the, the new uh, religion in these parts. Indeed, they, they even invented a special one for us. Yeah, I mean, it's also sometimes hard for me to like give a the distinct explanation. Like, is creation a single language or is it like because we have like Serbia next to us? Yeah, we, which is like I think like ninety five percent similar. We have like this new. Um, well, I I read that Yak language. It's like you know. Well, wow. of course, Croatia belongs to the, the South Slavic language family. But I heard yeah. that after Croatia declared independence, that yeah. they tried to reform the language a bit to build its own identity. Yeah, indeed. I remember it quite well because uh, uh, I was like 12, 13 then. And uh, in school, indeed, we started getting some like new words. <laughs> Which uh, it's like designed probably from this uh, this uh, language purist with some political yeah. uh, agenda, and uh, it's just like yeah, yeah, this comes from an old Croatian word and cetera cetera cetera. And like, luckily there 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 weren't there weren't so much new words, but there was a, the yeah tendency to to differentiate ourselves from our neighbors. And I think uh, that was a good thing, or was it kind of a? I think it was a silly, silly thing. It was like okay. this obvious political agenda, and uh, if you want, you can find enough differences in the in the languages just that far to like pro pronounce like it's this is Croatian, this is Serbian. You'd have to invent another new words to make your statement uh, stronger. But in, yeah. in our case, it was. Also, uh, I think it's obvious for everybody. It's it's purely political uh, uh, reason to to name in different languages, because in the end, you have a new Bosniak uh, language, um, which is again ninety six ninety seven percent the same. Sometimes you have different words, but because the words are then uh, vocabulary is. Uh, it's it's uh, inspired by the cultural differences, but then in the same country you can have like uh, different languages. You know, like again, Croatians north and south. 
if you look at the local dialects, it's like <laughs> heaven and earth, you know, like should we then say northern creation and southern creation? And where do we do you and draw the line from different languages? It's purely a political uh, uh, decision, mm -hmm. I think. Yeah. Um, but then uh, getting to come back to, to Belgium and the, the, our identity and the Flemish identity, uh, I'm afraid that I also have like this idea that it's uh, that uh, a lot of this uh, the Flemish identity has uh, some uh, un un unlucky uh, um, connections with the uh, also the times of the Second World War and this like this uh, light mm -hmm. sympathy for the German uh, Nazis. Nazi movement, Let's yeah. Be straight up, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, from and then. Uh, no one yeah. likes to be called a Nazi, but sometimes if you're on that yeah. very right-wing side and you're on that separatist side, and <laughs> yeah, the, the, there is this this like uh, the, this connection like still lives in the heads of people from. Uh, but um, I don't know. Indeed, but if you if you take the example that you said, like in Spain as well, and have friends in uh, uh, Catalonia. Uh, there, this the separate movement is totally uh, or mostly like left wing, isn't it? Yeah, in a way, because how, how Catalan kind of came right after Fra Franco and everything. But <laughs> what is a, seems to be a similar connection uh, to to um, in Belgium and in Spain, especially when with Catalonia, is that they make more money. Right. So there's always that economic argument, like, why should our tax dollars go to this area? Would we make more money? And I think well, there there is a connection, even even though one is more right and one is more left. I think that's where the similarity yeah. is. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, indeed. I have a question for you about that, too. What what do you think? Back to the idea of a united Europe, right, where you have these instead of these countries, you have these different um, states or provinces or whatever you want to call it. Um, do you think this would be beneficial for the poorer areas or do you think it would just end up in the same arguments again, like Europe, the entire Europe, and being like, oh, why do we have to pay taxes to help these poorer areas? Indeed, indeed, indeed. And uh, yeah, if, if you if you uh, take this uh, methods of indeed like uh, helping each other so we eventually achieve the same uh, level of... of, 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 of uh, uh, of um, richness, then uh, it it will be indeed like a, a zero equation. Like okay, you will drop some uh, political uh, constructions and build another ones, and it will be the same methods like taking money from where is like a little bit more cream and giving it to the less um, successful. Yeah. yeah. Which people you know, like you and I, I think we're both okay with that, right? Like, I don't mind my taxes going to help other people. Yeah. There will always be that group of people who yeah. don't agree with that, right? Indeed, 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 indeed. And the same story here in Belgium, like now, uh, they say, uh, of I don't know exact figures, but like this, uh, there is more uh, economical, um, there are more econ economical issues and problems in the southern part. Then in the Flemish uh, northern part, the Flemish part is now uh, really uh, uh, enjoying its uh, benefits of its position as the one of the gates of Europe, mm -hmm. Antwerp Harbor, and Antwerp um, Harbor port, and, and the now like some other uh, 
Erin Yanni Newport. Um, they are becoming really like the third or the second largest uh, um, uh, gateway to to Europe, and uh, all the economy was like the last fifteen years shifting from from industry or something into this. Uh, uh, more service industry and there's the where the money is now and yeah. innovation etc um, at the same time uh, Valonian part was really like in the um, uh, uh, um, century ago was like one of the richest uh, countries of the world because they had uh, one of the first good uh, train uh, connection uh, network they had a lot of uh, coal and iron, um, and the industrialization level was certainly high. There was so much money, you know, like it was so much wealth. And then, and then the Flemish people uh, were like immigrants to this certain part, and uh, the whole part, you know, like there are so you can hear it and you can uh, see it in the last names of people who still live in. Uh, Wallonian part is like typical Dutch names, or it's like uh, like Frenchized uh, Dutch names, you know. Yeah. And now they're like, uh, I think it's a bit hypocrite. Now they are looking. Ah, all our money is going to the to the Wallonian parts, and uh, all the immigrants and this and that are they're taking our jobs and stuff. You don't have to go far. You just have to go like maybe hundred years back, and you will see that it was a huge. Uh, immigration to, to just to the south of the borders and uh, and they also use this example sometimes in workshops about uh, uh, about uh, 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 what's the word you can say it in Flemish too yeah uh, I can't come it either um, this it's a name uh, when they have workshops about Effects of uh, uh, discrimination. Oh, okay. Uh, discrimination and xenophobia in in our in, our, in the in our maatschappij, society. Yeah, and then they use the 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 examples and the the, the titles from the newspapers and the the things that people said, and they are asking you like uh, connect that to uh, to a certain ethnic group now. And people really like thinking, okay, the uh, loud and drinking, okay, that's the Polish people. Um, taking fights and uh, being aggressive, it's like, I don't know, Maghrebian or this and that. And and then you receive that all these quotes and all these things that are said were just things that people in Wallonia said about the Flemish people. Yeah. You know, about the... It was like their percep uh, perception of these new newcomers, of this like this uh, strange foreign people, mm -hmm. and it that didn't change at all, huh? Yeah, uh, Silvio. So I I agree with you completely. But how was it for you, Silvio, when you first came to Belgium? Uh, it was interesting. It was exciting. It was uh. Uh, all new and uh, and uh, and cool. <laughs> uh, I didn't come just as a tourist, you know, like uh, without any purpose. I came to Belgium uh, for my uh, girlfriend, then now my wife. That's my cousin, by the way. If you didn't tune in, yeah, the <laughs> episode one, Lisa. 
Lisa Janssens. Apparently, is Janssens really uh, the most common uh, Flemish name there is? Uh, yeah. And um, yeah, uh, so I guess the whole uh, feeling and the whole picture of coming to Belgium was more like in a in, in pink cloud for me. <laughs> <laughs> Being in love and everything, so everything was fabulous and beautiful, and, uh, and I was just like floating around like high. <laughs> so it was quite a, a, a positive. Silvio, I I forgot when you came to Belgium because I know uh, Croatia became part of the European Union in 2013, right? July first, 2013. Like that, yeah. Uh, did you come before that or after? Before, before I came here, um, I th- uh, autumn 2007. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, it was like, yeah, after summer together again uh, in Holland and in Croatia and everywhere. Uh, I, um, I was without work then. Lisa has finished her studies. She graduated and then everything. She was living with me uh, a year before that uh, in Croatia because she did her final thesis there from her studies. And then uh, she, so she graduated, had the difficulty to find uh, uh, a satisfying job uh, in Croatia because she's no Croatian and uh, they don't need so much anthropologists there. And uh, yeah, I thought like, yeah, I'll go and check it out here, see... Oh, it's but since you came before Croatia was part of uh, the, the European Union, was it difficult bureaucratically for you? Or um, yeah, actually it was. Actually it was. Uh, I was like uh, pretty naive and thought like, uh, you know, like uh, uh, I'll. I don't have any. What I'm saying. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't have any bad, bad intentions. Uh, I don't want to u- use or abuse any any uh, uh, um, financial uh, uh, measures that they have in Belgium. I'll just go and check it out here. Uh, maybe work, maybe not. But you have to have this uh, uh, built case to come to Belgium to get any rights and uh, possibilities to work. Uh, and our idea was like, okay, we are together now already a few years. Uh, we will make a map and we will make a, a file with all these uh, proofs that we are together. Mm-hmm. And I filed it uh, through Croatian embassy to the Belgium embassy, uh, to the Belgium uh, headquarters here. And it was, um, I think it was, uh, wasn't accepted our plea. It wasn't accepted. No, no, and and eventually they lost my file. Classic bureaucracy. And I really, oh. really like, ah, oh, angry and just a bit because, uh, come on, like I gave them all my personal uh, souvenirs and memories, you know, like handwritten postcards and everything, like this, our first letters oh, to each my. other, like things like that, and just like lost it. There's nothing that gets me angrier lately is hearing yeah. stories about immigration and these bureaucrats that hold your life. They, they literally hold your life in their yeah. hands yeah. with a piece of yeah. paper, right? And yeah, something you cannot you cannot get more personal than giving the parts of your you know like history to them, 
and I just see it as a file, as a number, as a, as a piece of paper. Nobody can, I mean, how can you lose it? Anyway, so anyway, and then, uh, and then like this lady said, like, um, yeah, uh, yeah, I don't see any other, maybe the easiest uh, measure is instead of making another file and making uh, again, like, uh, this case, uh, maybe fastest ways would we just like to get married? Mm -hmm. Then I said first, like, no, screw you. I won't, you know, like, I won't do something such so personal and emotional, just like to, to, to skip some bureaucratic obstacle. Mm -hmm. But then when the, this question came on the table, like, like marrying, when do you do, when you, when do you marry someone? When you love it, when you love this person and when you cannot really imagine the rest of your life without this person. And, uh, when I, <laughs> you know, like clicked up all these, uh, buttons and said, okay, I mean, I'm a perfect candidate to get married. Yeah. Pure out of love. And then, uh, and then we, uh, then it went pretty quickly. Yeah. Uh, if we could get a uh, date, even like uh, in a few weeks, uh, then it really it went a bit too fast, and I was a little bit freaking. Oh shit! I'm getting married, and uh, nobody knows it yet. And uh, <laughs> and then I have friends like some uh, more like postcards to my friends. Yeah, and, you know, like I'm getting married. Uh, surprise! <laughs> and then they surprised me by coming to Belgium on the day of this uh, of the marriage in this local uh, district house, town town hall, right? Town hall, yeah, sorry, yeah, district house, town hall. And uh, this simple bureaucratic step was really one of the most emotional moments of my life. And I saw my friends there, like surprising me on the door, and this. Uh, and the, the looks in their faces and the the and the look in my in the eyes of my mother was holding back her tears and me as well and uh, i don't remember anything that the lady said in this uh, town hall uh because i was really like in a bubble i i, I was uh looking at lisa and uh, and and holding her head and like uh experiencing like the hugeness of this step that I'm making and the, 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 and, uh, I was all totally hundred percent sure that it's, it is what I want, at least what my heart wants. And, um, so we got married. It's beautiful. We made another, uh, party in Croatia on one of the beautiful islands there. We, we, we brought our friends from Belgium, brought friends from Croatia. It was a perfect <laughs> international mixing, uh, event three days of parting and uh, when I came back to Belgium I didn't have any problems at all and they didn't even come to check up on us which is something love solved the bureaucracy <laughs> yeah love <laughs> that's beaten bureaucracy indeed. yeah love that's, that's a better way to put it love beat bureaucracy <laughs> yeah luckily uh, uh, I did felt a bit like uh, positively discriminated in this case uh, because as, as again, and I heard of stories from, uh, uh, fellow, uh, new Belgians, they did have checkups and they did have to prove their, uh, uh, the, 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 
the healthy relationship afterwards with the, with the checkups and the police people coming to their homes and like mm-hmm. thinking, ah, yeah, uh, if they really live together, uh, things like that. Nobody visited us and asked about us ever again. Okay. Now, about the discrimination, I think inherently bureaucracy almost is systematically racist if you look at it. Yeah. Um, and, unfortunately, yeah, yeah. unfortunately, and it's it needs to change. Um, but did you experience any other sort of discrimination outside of the bureaucratic world in Belgium? Um, uh, discrimination like uh, uh, having obstacles to reach certain things. Uh, yeah. Oh. No. Okay. I didn't. But okay. again, uh, I don't see it like a that it doesn't exist here. I just like have to thank that to my uh, European origin and my blue eyes and, uh, you know, like, yeah. And that's an interesting thing. Like here in Spain, um, like Romanians, well, in Belgium too, Romanians will also experience racism and they're white. Uh, Some of them have blue eyes as well. But I guess it's, (laughs) (laughs) right? But it's, I guess it's different for Croatians or... What do you think? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Because I, I, I don't have much connections and uh, with Croats here, but uh, I've never heard uh, any of them complaining like about uh, being discriminated. Okay. And uh, I don't know, but at the same time, uh, yeah, I have some friends uh, from other nationalities and other. Uh, uh, skin color, so to say, and uh, they get a different treatment. And uh, mm-hmm. uh, that to hear it, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, I had didn't have much problems either with uh, 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 learning Dutch. That helped a lot. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I guess that those are one of the important issues. Yeah, yeah. And then the benefit of now being part of the EU or European Union. Um, now, your family back in Croatia, have they experienced any changes since Croatia became part of the EU? Like, do you have you seen a lot of development or a lot, just a lot of cultural changes or anything? Or no, you're taking no. your head, nada. <laughs> no, not at all, not at all. If there was there was a certain like moment of like things will get better. Yeah, uh, because they had to uh, clean up some. Uh, some mess before they were really getting the when they were still on the uh, how do you call it orange light and the traffic mm-hmm. lights before entering the European Union they had to clean up some mess to get to get some things into order but once the the, the date came like okay now we are EU and uh, hoping that things will st- uh, stay getting better yeah uh, no just like flatten that and uh really uh, apparently uh, <laughs> they didn't really get the lesson and now they're sorry the tourism sector didn't the tourism sector didn't grow at all because i i know that um i think it's like 16 percent of the economy of croatia is is from tourism like it's definitely one of the strong pillars did that expand or uh it still is. Uh, it's still. I don't know exactly figures, but I know that we are after after uh, uh, Malta. I think uh, it's the it is the country with the biggest uh, percentage of the tourism in the national GP. 
Okay. Saying like if something uh, happens in the in the in the geopolitical situation and the tourists stop coming, then you are like uh, deep in problems. And that is still like that. And they are still like uh, mostly they're yeah heavily dependent on tourism and then the, all the in investments go into that directions like getting still fixing their the roads and making billion dollar bridges and things like mm-hmm. that so the tourists can go more easily from one side to the other um, now yeah it's hard it's hard to diversify do you have an opinion you don't have a good plan do you have an opinion about red tourism do you know what i mean when i say red tourism no uh so red tourism is um uh tourism to, to travel uh, when people go to old communist and former communist countries and then they go there to experience how it could have been back then usually the old remains and apparently it's quite popular in Croatia yeah. because of the really... spomenics is that spomenics yeah well, no, no, yeah 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 spomenic yeah the, the monuments huh? yeah the guy like, like, like they're really made by so... aliens right yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, I was really indeed like wondering what's going on with that, and I'm re- happy I actually to get a second life because uh, it's like this really specific, weird, totally weird uh, 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 thing about these uh, communist countries, like building huge monuments in the middle of nowhere, mm-hmm. sometimes on the top of the mountain, sometimes in the middle of the forest, <laughs> and then uh, with without any any other facilities and then we went like with uh, the school kids with the on our school excursions yeah this middle of nowhere place with a bus you can sit there like eating our we just play around a bit and go home and it was its only purpose and then uh after this uh series of uh of, um, dependent things it it fell into uh oblivion you know like and it was also often uh, a bit destroyed, and and and, and uh, but it, it stays a really cool, uh, cool phenomenon. Like a lot of this, it's a huge building, you know. Yeah. Well, how does it it's feel for you when, when you saw them? Because I know they're a symbol of a united Yugoslavia, right? So yeah, it's like the symbol of this play. Uh, yeah, it's. It were, it were always the symbols of this uh, 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 war. I mean, like the, the, this uh, dependent movement, like not movement, but like symbol of the fight against the uh, foreign occupators, mostly mm. the Nazi Germany. And uh, yeah, it was always like here happened something. I know, some of, some of Big bat- battles uh, happened there, and then they posted a monument there. And we, when we came there, it was like remembering the the foundations of our nation, which is like we worked together against the foreign occupator, and that like Yugoslavia was Yugoslavia, something like that. Okay. But uh, I haven't been to much of those, and uh, I'm planning to to. Take part in this red tourism. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, visit some parts. With my cousin, I went, uh, my Croatian cousin went there uh, a couple of months ago, and her uh, boyfriend, a photographer, made some fantastic 
photographs there. It's really like some um, uh, alien uh, spaceship <laughs> stranded there, saying in the middle of. And it's like a recipe for conspiracy theorists. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, and uh, one of my favorite islands uh, in Croatia, where I also had my um, um, uh, wedding party, is Island Vis, um, which was like until the nineties uh, uh, closed for uh, for uh, um, for foreigners and for most of the visitors because it was one huge military base. And there they had huge, um, caserna, how do you call it? Yeah, no, like a caserna, like where the military, like a military base, lives, military bases, okay. duck into a, um, they were dug into a, a hill, which huge along, long corridors and like, uh, sleeping quarters, kitchens, depot, uh, uh, holes, like kilometers of kilometers of corridors through a uh, solid rock yeah. <laughs> mountains with uh, garages for the submarines and for these uh, destroyers. Uh, it's still closed, more or less for the public, but I thought like that would be really uh, like a cool card to play with local tourism and like, you know? Yeah, that'd be really cool. City, <laughs> the side of a mountain. But... Uh, I like that. I, I, when I was on visa, I went to to uh, to do some of my own uh, investigations, but at the same time, it does have its dangers. You know, like um, there was a famous story of a Dutch paraglider. You know what yeah. it means, paraglider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's correct. Okay, um, who uh, uh, visited uh, the same island uh, shortly after the Croatia went into independence, and he tried to jump off uh, of some of the cliffs. But the cliff, the part where he jumped, was a little bit too close to the nearby uh, military base area, and he stepped on a landmine and lost his life. Holy shit! A couple of years into independence, so although it's like cool and it would be yeah, uh, really exciting to to visit some of these parts, but it's still still dangerous. Huh? So there's still some dangers in this red tourism. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, great, especially in Croatia. Because then there was like this uh, thing of uh, this um, civil war, and then uh, the military was still uh, more still pro-Serbian, and uh, there was a still a certain point there was a clash between Croats and the the the, the national army. Mm-hmm. So the bases had to be uh, uh, also like protected with landmines around it. Yeah, and there is another story around that. Wow. Here, Sylvia, just to bring it on a, a different tangent, um, when you were talking about your wedding party, I, when I was doing some research about Croatia, I learned that they're big drinkers. In Croatia, people like to drink alcohol. <laughs> and in, in Belgium, too. So what? Yeah, that was... Uh, How would you compare the drinking cultures? Well, uh, I think that uh, Belgium's uh, drink... Uh, Better drinks. It's <laughs> <laughs> the only difference. The better, the, you know, like the beers here are famously better. Uh, and then again, like this port of Europe, you get much more better and cheaper wines in Belgium than in Croatia. So we drink as much, but we mostly drink shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember 
I was I was a teenager and you gave me a shot of Chiovita. Yeah. Oh, that was yeah, that was rough. It's that national treasure. That is our national treasure. It's strong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Indeed, that is like uh, yeah. Uh, always with weddings and and and, and funerals and then uh, getting up and going to sleep. <laughs> getting up national national medicine. Yeah, a lot of people swear into like I'm 90 years old and I've never been to doctor because every morning. <laughs> <laughs> take a shot of this. Oh, uh, that's that so burns down all uh, or the, the, the germs. I didn't have any problems uh, with uh, my um, inburgering. <laughs> it meaning like uh, initiation. Initiation for Belgian society. <laughs> the means of party culture. Nice. <laughs> Not at all. Now, just to connect to that, because we're we're almost finished this final episode here, um, I just want to know which parts of you feel Croatian and which parts of you feel Belgium now, because I know whenever you're learning a new language, and I, I bring this up on every episode, um, often people who speak multiple languages, they try, they form a different identity or they form a different part of themselves when they speak a different language. Is that true for you or... Um... I I would say no, but okay. people around me say yes. <laughs> okay, but no, no. If, if you say no, I'd be interested in hearing that because most people say yes, and I, I want to know why it's no. Uh, no, because I, I, I didn't feel any different. I mean, I'm the same towards Belgians and towards Croatian. I feel like I'm the same all the time. But, uh, but yeah, then again, like my kids always laugh at me when I start talking Croatian on the phone or something like that, like, Daddy, you sound differently. You're apparently my voice lowers. I speak more like confident and from a bass. I don't know, like ah, okay. And um, yeah, so it is different. That I, I am, I guess, I'm more relaxed. I am more um, relaxed to make jokes and uh, more. Uh, I can use the fairness of the language more efficiently. That is true. But at the same time, my creation did change apparently as well. Because uh, the the melody of Belgian language of the of the Dutch sneaked into Croatian. Now it's like a bit different. Ah, interesting. Uh, Does change again, but I still still swear in Croatian. And when it gets to football, I cannot switch <laughs> like easily. My Croatian heart is still my Croatian heart, and uh, and uh, yeah, that is again like uh, I cannot. Uh, cannot experience it the same way i mean uh, yesterday was belgium against croatia uh my kids were like half half of the time uh, cheering from croats half of the time for belgians but i was like <laughs> yelling every time we got a chance i've never supported so uh fanatically for belgium oh sorry but fanatically for belgium no i've said i've never uh fanatically um, yeah, I was for... so phonetically for Belgium as as I do for Croatia. Ah, ah okay, okay. So yes, well, I can see that you have the Croatian shirt on right now. <laughs> yeah, indeed, indeed, indeed. Um, um, yeah, that's it more or less. All right. Well, Silvio, is there anything else you want to share with everyone listening today? Uh, 
if you're listening today and uh yeah support croatia in the next <laughs> round of the of the football uh, this, this episode's gonna come out in a month or something like that so <laughs> okay <laughs> if you're listening right now uh well uh <laughs> you might be laughing <laughs> in a month from now i hope croatia reached the finals again and uh did better than last time when we got second but really no so if you're listening to this conversation uh, in a month from now and you have any comments about football please comment uh either <laughs> i hope my words were pro <laughs> had a prophetic uh impact well again please comment uh here on any listening device uh spotify allows for comments and again please join the without borders community at withoutborders.fyi i share a bunch of interesting articles there about cultural psychology and also some written stories and i'm really trying to get a community going because if you're anything like me you might feel kind of lost and torn between countries. I don't really know where I belong. And I'm trying to create this borderless online community. And that's why it's Without Borders. So if you feel like you want to be a part of that, please go to withoutborders.fyi. And Silvio, thanks again for coming on the show. You're welcome. It was wonderful talking to you. <laughs>